Monday morning, everyone, and happy start to an amazing week. And welcome to Connections Online Studio and to our live chat. I'm Nat, Connections Director of Communications and Outreach. And this morning, I'm thrilled to welcome Tony Alfonso, the Public Awareness Coordinator at ME Quebec. So welcome, Tony. This is really great. Good Thanks morning. for joining us again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought this morning we would chat about ME Quebec, of course, which is a nonprofit community organization and the different resources that are available for families and individuals with mental illness or mental health challenge. But I thought we could start first with you, Tony. We could talk about yeah. your role at ME Quebec and uh, some of the work that you've done with youth. Okay, perfect. So I am uh, the outreach coordinator at ME Quebec. So my role is to just basically do and talk to people and get people talking about mental illness and mental health and caregivers. That is my primary role. And that takes all kinds of roles. Like I do talks like this, I give workshops, I give presentations, I have a set of volunteers who give uh, presentations with lived experience. And a lot of the times, most of the time, in fact, our presentations that I coordinate are given to high school aged youth. That is just one of the big areas that we've been focusing on um, since before I started uh, working here. And so when I took over the portfolio, that was my primary role. Um, I also, you know, I talk with radio stations and like TV or whatever, a little bit of everything. We're also trying to break into like, uh, into corporate presentations as well, you know, to talk about to talk with managers and CEOs and and people about you know the impact that caregiving has on their staff. And so one of the big things that we are pushing now is young carers at Amy Quebec. Mm -hmm. And it and and we have been pushing it for a long time. You know, Ella, the executive director, has been involved with a lot of uh, legislation about young carers in the past and, and has been like a go-to for people and trying to to frame that in the government side of things. And so when I work with youth, I work with high school kids and we talk about mental health and we talk about young carers and we talk about all these different things that have to do with life <laughs> and what we do at ME Quebec. Yeah. It's funny, you know, because I never think of youth as being young carers, right? We always imagine, yeah. I guess, which is really wrong, but we always imagine that it's adults or people with children or looking after their loved one, their spouse, yeah. but we just never think that young carers or youth would be in that role. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because one of the, the ways that I start talking about young carers when I'm actually talking with youth is I ask them a series of questions. And I'm like, okay, how many of you have a family member that you help out every once in a while? How many of you do you offer translation for your parents every once in a while? How many of you have had to accompany your parents to a doctor and like speak on their behalf? How many of you have a younger or older sibling that you have to take care of while your parents are working? How many of you? And I just like keep going through all these roles that are considered caring positions and all these kids raise their hands. They're like, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. And then I say, now, how many of you consider yourself a young carer? Nobody. Yeah. None of them consider themselves to be young carers. And that's that's the difficult part around it, right, is that is acknowledging their role as taking on these responsibilities because they don't see it that way. They just see it as that's just what I have to do. 
I have to take mm-hmm. care of my family. I have to be there. This is my job, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's, it's hard to acknowledge that that's your role. And it's the same thing for other carers as well as like caregivers, you know, oftentimes people don't realize they're in that position. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and yeah we do, them. Uh, yeah. And we do outreach to caregivers, like the adult caregivers and whatnot. Um, and yeah, they just don't see themselves as caregivers. So I can imagine that the youth would be in that position as well. So they must be quite surprised when you're telling them that they are actually caregivers. It's it's hard, right? Because I don't, I have never seen anyone have that aha moment, like, oh, wow, what, really? Yeah. But I definitely see a lot of them like shaking their heads like, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. What like they're not, it's not really like a huge thing because it also, it doesn't change their life to label no. what, what they are when it's just what they do every day. Right. So. I guess the important thing, I'm just making sure, yeah, everything's good. The important thing is that for them to realize they're caregivers so that they can then find the support and the help that they need, right? So that they realize that it's okay for me to get help, which is basically what some of, is what you do, right? At ME Quebec is help them. Oftentimes too, is that you don't realize you're a caregiver. You don't realize the impact it might have on you, right? You're like, there's there are very normal and natural feelings to have for being a caregiver, resentment, anger. Like these are all very normal things to feel and knowing how to deal with them, how to cope with them and how to process them in healthy ways is really sometimes difficult for people. And that can push families apart when you have someone who's in a caregiver role, doesn't realize it, doesn't realize the impact it has on them. And then they distance themselves from their families because of that role that they had, whether they, did it willingly or not. So so even more important then for youth to get yeah. the help that they need, right? Because they're dealing with so many emotions, yeah. right? They're starting off life, they're looking yeah. to the future, but they're still kind of feeling that guilt as well, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it must be a lot to kind of deal with. So yeah. I'm just gonna show this quick infographic because you, Emmy Quebec, had put this together and I just yeah. really, I find it really interesting. So I'm just gonna pop it in and we're just going to quickly dis- and come back yep. up. There we go. I'm just waiting for Tony to come back yep, up. There we go. <laughs> so talking about young carers, I was quite surprised when I saw the stats on this because it's actually 1.25 million youth aged 15 to 24 who are providing unpaid care. And I'm guessing this is 1.5, 1.25 in Canada. Yeah, I believe these are all Canadian statistics. Oh, no, sorry. This is Quebec. This is just Quebec. So 1.5 million. Um, yeah, yeah, this is what it. Oh, no, sorry. That says in Canada specifically. I'm looking at the. In uh, Canada? Yes, it does. Yeah. You spotted that. Yeah. yeah. 1.25. That's huge, though. It's a, right? it's a significant number. Yeah. Yeah. It's not insignificant. And, you know, and those are. It's interesting because it's not. There's no one specific profile for who a young caregiver is going to be. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, it can be anybody, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll have a lot of uh, immigrant and refugee youth who all end up acting as caregivers for their parents, learning the new system, because children tend to learn languages faster than adults. And mm-hmm. so if you have someone who's coming from a place where English or French isn't their primary language, which happens, and then they come into Canada, and then they have to 
speak on behalf of their parents essentially, or they have to offer translation services because the hospital doesn't have a translation service. The doctor doesn't have a translation service. It also affects the care of the parents as well, right? Or the, the adults in that situation because they're ashamed to say certain things in front of their kid. You know, there's it, it, it can end up being more a bigger issue than you really think of it just at the, at the topical level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hadn't actually even thought of that. The fact that they'd have to, I mean, translate, of course, they'd have to, but the thought that it's true, they would have to translate those more difficult, uh, you know, and, I mean, and and how many, you know, 12 year olds know the words <laughs> medical terminology in both languages, right? It's, yeah it's tricky <laughs> for sure yeah and and when i was looking at that number 1.25 million i'm guessing that's just the youth who know that they're caregivers right yeah i think these are people include, who are identifying in that role right yeah that's right so it doesn't include all of those youth who aren't identifying yeah. i mean in all the talks that you've given have any of the youth known beforehand that they were caregivers i think you know it's it's interesting it really just depends on who i'm talking to um it, sometimes well that's not true actually because i i wanted to say that you know oftentimes you'll see certain kids that are like yeah that's that's i'm a caregiver this is what i do but other times they'll say like they'll say i do all these things but i'm not a caregiver it's just that's my that's what i have to do mm -hmm. i am i'm taking care of my family this is just what i do yeah and now I know that you used to work with youth, but you yeah. still do because you still do yeah. presentations and whatnot. And I really yeah. wanted to know, I'm sure that you really love working with youth. I do, I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just curious if you could, could tell us, like what do you find most inspiring about them, about youth and about these young carers? Yeah, um, you know, there's like a, a cliche that the kids are all right. And that's like a saying that is said I've heard, I don't know if other people have heard it or not, but it's definitely something I stand behind a hundred percent. Like the kids are all right. Like the youth today are, especially when we talk about just mental health in general, are leaps and bounds ahead of where my generation was, where the next generation above was. Like, it's just like, they're talking about stuff at a much younger age and not in a way of like, oh, I need attention or, oh, I need to like stigmatize people, just talking. They're just talking about feelings, about emotions and things that are like, you know, you definitely see other adults who are like, oh, these kids are just like crybabies. And it's like, no, they're actually talking about things instead of holding them back, instead mm -hmm. of like letting it fester forever. And like, it's positive thing it's not a negative thing <laughs> like i'd much rather see kids talking about these things and like you know supporting their friends it's like it's 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 a good thing i don't it's very rare that i'm like disappointed or or unimpressed with the things that youth are getting into these days like and i, I think it's also about perspective as well right like I got into trouble as a kid. I did all these dumb things. I did all these things. And then I look at the kids that are doing today and they're still doing all these dumb things. Everyone's like, oh, the kids aren't going out and they're not playing in the streets. And it's like, they are. It's just a different type of interaction. You know, the world they live in is very different than the world I grew up in. You know, I grew up on the cusp of like the internet and no internet, right? So when I was in middle school and high school, we were on dial-up on computers and AOL chat rooms and ICQ and all these things, talking with people in, I had I had a very close friend who lived in New Jersey that I never met, you know? 
when I was in middle school, but I still was going outside and like skateboarding every day and getting into trouble and like talking with my friends and like riding my bicycle through the woods and like doing all these other things that kids are doing. And, you know, and I look at my son, my son is 15 and he's still doing all these things. He's like talking with friends on the internet. That's like the reality of the world that we live in now. We can't take that away. We can't say no to that. But then he's also, you know, he's going downtown. He's hanging out downtown with kids and they're like getting into trouble in the malls or getting into trouble in the stores or just like walking around doing teenager things. And I'm glad for that. Like, I think that oftentimes people say, oh, the kids aren't, they're not doing these things. And it's like, well, are you really talking to the kids? Because they're still doing all those things that they're just not telling you about it. <laughs> they know better. <laughs> they know better, right? They're smarter now. <laughs> they're a step ahead of us. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. And it, it is interesting that you, that you say that the idea that, you know, that they talk about their feelings, they're really out there and they express themselves. And it really is great because, yeah, same with me. When I was young, you didn't talk about your feelings. It was totally taboo, right? You didn't talk about your difficulties or even in men mental illness in general. So it's really great that they are talking about it so that when they do become adults, right, they're kind yeah. of, I mean, obviously they'll still be talking about it, but they're kind of ready to take on the world. And that's also because I do work with youth as well. And I find that's uh, a lot of it is that, that they're just really ready to take on the next, step, yeah. you know. But you don't just work with you. So you also oh. work with people. Of, work with uh, you work with <laughs> <laughs> that's That's the difficult part is I can't cater my role to just one mm -hmm. group. I have to be flexible enough to work with all different kinds. The first presentation I ever gave at Emmy Quebec um, was at a women's senior group. It was like a lunch and learn for senior women. And I was so out of place, but it was great. It went really well. I had a good time. I still talk with some of those women that from the very first presentation that I went to, you know, and it's good because I, I, I get to see all the different stories, all these different interactions and experiences that people have. And it's great. I feel better for hearing it and I know from and learn from it. You know, we can't, we're not islands. We can't just like live on our own. And the more people we talk to, the more we learn. So. And do you still give these presentations? Or yeah, so for the past two years, okay. um, all, since the pandemic, all of our presentations have been virtual. So stuff like okay. this. Um, that being said, we're starting, we're starting to talk about going back into in-person presentations. Um, I don't think we'll see anything before the summer. We are of the mindset that we'd rather play it safe and not have to pull back something mm -hmm. that we again because then people get confused they don't know what to expect and and this yo-yo that people are experiencing now we want to not have that happening with our services and you know we basically our idea is that when things are back to the way they were before the pandemic that's when we'll start offering in-person services so that might be a while yeah like, it might be you know, we have no way of knowing what it's going to look like because we do offer services to immunocompromised people we do offer services to seniors we do offer services to youth we offer services to everyone and so to say okay well we'll offer in-person services but if you're immunocompromised don't come that's not a position we want to be in yeah totally get that yeah and and you also do other things like you also have support groups you have yeah. workshops and these are also virtual everything is virtual right now which is yeah. kind of like we you know we switched literally in three days 
all yeah. of our in-person services to virtual and we did not skip a beat. We didn't cancel anything. We have not had to cancel a single workshop throughout this whole time. Um, but yeah, we offer support groups and those happen three Mondays a month on topics, anxiety, depression. We have a young carers group, which is really great. It's just started in the past few months. Um, we have a group called Kaleidoscope, which is for anyone with any mental health issue or diagnosis. It's for people living with mental illness. So it's anyone. Yeah, you really I mean, have a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's kind of like, it's hard because it's like, all right, cool. You want to talk about all the services we offer. How much time do you have? <laughs> and I have to say that what I, what I love is that it is virtual because yeah. you are in Montreal, right? And we're in So um, we actually, we're able to use your services. So it's really yeah. amazing. So that's why I'm saying maybe after COVID, will you be, continuing virtual as yeah, well we, hybrid or we are going to be doing some sort of hybrid system and not in the sense that there will be some people in person and some people virtual i think what will end up happening and this is very much in the yeah the like we're not 100 percent sure we'll have most likely we'll go back to our workshops in person because those are more intimate they're a little more personal they're a little bit you know it's people with lived experiences talking and helping each other out and like learning. And so that tends to be better suited to in-person services. And then our support groups, I suspect will stay virtual with maybe some being offered in person. Um, but our numbers of people attending our support groups are just as high as they were before the pandemic. So, you know, there was a dip and now it's back up. And I think in some, some services where our higher, our numbers are, than they were before. So I think a lot of people, they crave that in-person connection, but at the same time, you know, a support group, going to a support group is just one hour now or an hour and a half, it's 6.30 to eight. It's just an hour and a half of your day that you can like dedicate to mental health, which is like a lot of time. It's a lot of time to be sitting in, a, for, for some people that's, that's hard. Um, rather than taking, you know, 30 or 45 minutes to get to it and then 35, 45 minutes to get home. So it turns from an hour and a half where you're like, okay, I can just sit down on my computer or my phone, wherever I'm at and like drop into the support group and be there. And I don't have to take the Metro. I don't have to get into a car. I don't have to get on the bus. I don't have to do any of these things. So there is, there's a, a give and take on there. There's a balance. And of course, for anyone in our area, being virtual is yeah. really great because we wouldn't be able to do the drive, right? We yeah. Would just, we would. We love that we can just hop on and be part of the support group and yeah. part of workshops and uh, and yeah, everything that you do. So I know you do support groups. So those yep. are weekly, right? Yep. Uh, um, the support groups are yeah, they're they're three Mondays a month. So three Mondays a month. Yeah. yeah. We we take one Monday a month off just because. It's a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah, and and of course it's open to everyone, right? Yeah, like so yeah, people here in Utaway yeah. can can connect with you and sign up and register and whatnot. And you also do workshops as well. So you yep. and I was looking at your list of workshops because you do a lot of workshops as well. And I yep. know on March first you're doing one on borderline personality disorder. Yep, those are all the workshops are they're open and you have to register for the workshops mm -hmm. specifically. Support groups are just drop in. You don't need to do any registration. You just come in. And, yeah, you just okay. click the link and you're there. It's a Google Meet link and you can just come in. You can put whatever name you want. It's it's a way of just being there and open. Uh, okay. the, the workshops you have to register for though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it's just so we have an idea of how many people are going to attend and how many people are going to come. And anybody who's doing presentation or workshops right now knows, you know, you'll have about 60%, if you're lucky, actually show up of people that are signing up. It's unfortunate. I have, you know, everyone has been guilty of it and we all try to not do it, but it happens. Something happens, mm -hmm. something comes up. That's the disadvantage of, uh, mm -hmm. of, of the virtual workshop part is that people sign up they're like oh i'm interested in that and then they forget they don't come this so you know so we do have a bit of flexibility in terms of like how full a workshop gets but we do also we do also limit it because it can be a lot it can be a lot of people in a workshop you know if you have 25 people in a workshop everyone's not going to get to ask a question that's just the reality mm -hmm. of it oh mm -hmm. so yeah we do limit workshops now, I realize that you don't do the one-on-one -on -one counseling, but I just wanted I to bring yeah. that up quickly for anyone who's watching us, that you do offer one-on-one -on -one counseling services, and this is for caregivers, is my yes, it is. Yes, it is only for caregivers, and that's very important. And it, that being said, you know, a lot of people are caregivers and they don't realize it, but it's to, it's it's not, and it's not supposed to be a long-term counseling. It's supposed to be a short-term counseling just to try to help you get back mm -hmm. on track maybe even help you find other resources and just get you through whatever it is that you're going through in that moment. It's not long-term. So, you know, you're not going to see this in counselor for a year. That's not the kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling that it offers, but it's very helpful for people who are just like in a, just need help. Yeah. It's not necessarily, I was, I almost said in crisis, but we're not a crisis center. So that's, it's a bit different, but you know, you can still be in a very difficult spot and need help getting through and working through whatever it is that you're going through. It's like a starting point, right? Yeah. It's like a short-term kind of one-on-one -on -one yeah. where you start yeah. off and then you can pursue long-term yeah. uh, help afterwards. Yeah. You also offer hot topics. So you're on Facebook quite yeah. a bit. You do quite I'm, a few chats. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I started doing these hot topics. We started, it's funny because we started doing these hot topics right before the pandemic. Um, and it was like we were meeting in our office. It was all in my office and we had the camera set up or Mark's office. And then there was one person on the computer and we had a guest come into our, into our office and we would all talk. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh no, now what do we do? And thankfully we had already done this. So now I started taking that on and I've just been doing them ever since. At, at the peak, I was doing two or three or four a month, which was, was a lot. And now I do, I do one a month because it's, it's a little more <laughs> it's a little more manageable now um and, and it, i think it was just a matter of uh you know we we didn't want to lose anything when we went online and mm -hmm. so and there were less presentations because nobody was doing anything so i was focusing my energy on that now i'm starting to do more virtual presentations i'm talking with youth in high schools through google meet through zoom and you know i have there are days where i have like five or six presentations in i had I have four presentations in one day at some point wow. or I'll have like six or two or one a week and it's all over the place. Right. So I, I'm trying to, I try to keep the like hot topics at once a month just so we can keep the, tr the, 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 the trend going, I guess you could say mm -hmm. yeah. and people, give people opportunity to ask questions and interact with us that maybe wouldn't be able to interact with us in another way. And this month we are talking about losing relationships. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, mental health because of mental health or through mental health and so that's going to be a fun topic i'm going to be talking with sylvie fun fun as you I, I i 
it's hard because it's like it's not a fun topic but i also enjoy talking with people and like learning and hearing and seeing what they have to say and mm -hmm. sylvie is actually going to be sylvie is going to be joining us and she is uh one of our counselors at emmy uh so that counseling that you were talking about earlier she's actually one of our counselors which is great because she's going to get to uh talk about losing relationships and i'm gonna you know we're just gonna chat i really like talking with sylvie a lot so it's uh, <laughs> it's a good time so and then and people can watch you on facebook they can yep. also watch you on youtube and you're also on soundcloud yeah so our youtube and soundcloud are kind of slower soundcloud we don't really use as much it's there it's older stuff and i'm actually currently working on moving moving and having so all of our youtube stuff is going to be co like double like uh streamed at the same time so when right. we go live on facebook it will also be It'll live be on, on youtube okay yeah oh, i'm awesome. working on that it's one of those things that i'm like hesitant because i don't want to break it it's <laughs> it's like if it works if it ain't broke don't fix it that's kind of and i'm like ah all right yeah. so i'm gonna add in this other complication thing here but i think it'll be all right um but i'm gonna be working on moving all of our our facebook live videos to youtube okay just so we have more yeah. exposure because i mean especially if you talk about youth there are no youth that are looking at facebook no They're and not. it's too that's what we do as well all yeah. of our facebook lives we move we also copy them over to our our youtube channel yeah yeah and then and the nice thing is that if people do miss a live they can go back and watch it right yeah. so all yeah. the lives that you've done Everyone yeah. can go back and watch them again. Yeah, they're they're always on our Facebook, which is great. Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot of people are starting to push away from Facebook, which I think is, you know, I think it's healthier <laughs> for for a lot of people. Um, so you know, but it's still where our primary social media at this time yeah. for most people, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I guess it depends on the demographic, but yeah, for youth, they they're using Instagram and TikTok. Um, they are not using. Facebook no. and and you know they watch YouTube videos that's I watch a lot of YouTube videos so yeah YouTube's a big thing for you that's for yeah. sure so everyone's going to be asking how do we sign up where do we go how do we find out about all of these amazing events now yeah. you have your website yeah uh we have our website it's emmyquebec.org and if you go emmyquebec.org slash calendar that gives you everything that you need to know um that shows you and we updated it. it's every quarter we put out a new calendar and so i think a new one uh soon ish will be coming out soonish i think march i think is when one comes out and then i'll have march april may and june uh in it so and i'm sure as well because you do have a share and care newsletter right yeah the newsletter is yes, definitely yeah. the best way as well i mean obviously visiting the website but yeah. when you sign up to the newsletter you get it all right away in your yep. inbox yep you get the so. inbox yeah sign up uh there's a page and i think it's uh anyway sign up for the newsletter sign up on ours i don't know that one off the top of my head um but signing up for the newsletter is great it gives you you know we have a lot of really really good articles um and there and i've actually gone back you know into some of our archives to look for other articles that we've put out just to kind of like bring myself up to speed on a topic we're going to be talking about because we've probably covered it <laughs> it's a really yeah, good you really do. you have some really amazing articles and yeah. i'm actually going to be i was going to put up the ami quebec you have your blog and whatnot as well yeah. 
And I'm just looking now because you have your sharing care. But what I can do is um, I just don't want to take the time, but I'll yeah. put the links yeah, after please do. the comments yeah. so that everyone can, you know, see the website and all of the other stuff. I'll even put a link to the um, to that infographic. But of course, you have yeah. others as well. I noticed you have some for English speakers, some for yeah. I think there was some for seniors and whatnot. So yeah. I'll make sure to add those in the comments. We have, there's so much stuff. Like I said, you know, and I have to, my hat's off to Diana because Diana's our, our website. She does everything on the website and she knows that website forward <laughs> and back. And I, I know it pretty well, but every time I'm like, oh, what about this? She's like, tick, 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 click. and I'm like, oh. Of course, of course we have it. <laughs> it's already up. It's already, it's already there. there. <laughs> we already have that thing. We don't need to do that. And so she does a really, really good job of just like keeping the website up to date. All the links are up. You know, everything is everything is there and it works, which is just it's a it's a huge undertaking. <laughs> and there's so many resources on our website. Oftentimes mm -hmm. people ask me where can I get information about that? I'm like, check the website because it's there it might you know and it's not even hard to find it's pretty easy it's like you just it's it's intuitive on how you yeah i actually it. typed it into google and i'm already on it i'm just clicking through and it's very easy to find you've got like um information on mental illness and treatments programs yeah. and support resources um information about emmy quebec actually look i can even put it here for everyone in the chat yeah, you've got tons of information. And yeah, your Share and Care newsletter is amazing. The articles are so uh, well well written. But the information you share is just a must. You must subscribe if anyone's out there watching. And it's free. And if you still want a paper copy, I think we're still even doing that. I think you are. Yeah, I think I remember you still sharing. sending out paper copies of the newsletter, which is just like, it's cool. If you want mail and you want some mail that you'll actually like, we still send it out. <laughs> And of course, I'm going to just put this out there to everyone. Make sure to check out the website. Make sure to register because now's the time when we can yeah. take advantage of this here in the Udaway, right? So um, yeah. definitely, yeah. So a huge thank you, Tony, for joining us this morning. This is really appreciative. It's it's just really, I love chatting with you about everything that Emmy Quebec does. It's such a great organization. And you guys have an amazing team as well. So yeah. thank you so, so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> for sure. So I'll just say a quick bye to everyone watching us. Make sure to come by tonight on Facebook because we've got at 7 p.m. our uh, first year medical students will be doing some activities all throughout the week. And uh, we'll be back next Monday at 9. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a lovely week.